but I'm recording now. Okay, now it's getting real. Hold oh my gosh. Are you nervous? Yeah, I'm nervous because yeah. I gotta like play. I gotta show music from 20 years ago. All right, let's do it. here we go. Let's do it for the kids. Okay, come on. Okay, a really slow four four. Okay, yeah. All right. One, two, three, four. Right, that I I nailed that, and the only reason why I nailed that is because I could hear the, your breath in on the up. <laughs> One, yeah, perfect. Three, yeah, yeah that that yeah, was my. You gotta breathe that, on the upbeats. That was my guide right there, mate. Anyway, how you doing, yes, sir? I'm good, buddy. I'm very good. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to think what's going on. It's it's Saturday. I I don't know how this happens with musicians, but to me, Saturday is a musician's Monday. It's like cool. Now all of the Crap is out of the way. Now my week gets started because it's Saturday. I can do stuff. I can practice. I can I can think of new ideas. So Saturdays are like my favorite day. Yeah, I know what you mean. So I've, I love Saturdays and Sundays, man. It, my, my weekends aren't really normal weekends. They never have been. But now I've got Travis. Right. They, they are a little bit more like, oh, we sure. can just do whatever we want. But yeah, I love it. You've just, uh, you've just sent me a lovely picture. Well, no, a video of a big bowl of beautiful matcha Ooh. in a new mug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to have a quick little matcha talk, and this is because it is related to Drum with Mike and Eddie, because Eddie's A&R for Tama reached out and asked about a little, uh, some matcha advice, and I thought, you know what, let's just knock this out for everybody. Um, I want to know as well. I definitely want to know. Yeah, sell it. We'll we'll dive in. So... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First thing is, his first question was, is matcha good for you? And how do I make it and all of that stuff? And so I sent him that picture I sent you, the antioxidant comparison chart. His reaction, now I can say this, I can cuss because I'm okay. quoting. Yeah. Holy shit balls. <laughs> now we switch to all caps. I knew I you were going to say that. I want it. I want it. <laughs> um, so anyway, so Ian is an amazing person. I got to hang out with him uh, the same time that you and I hung out for the first time yeah. at Nam, and anyone that's kind of interested in matcha, I'm happy to chat about it all day long, but I'll keep this as short as possible. So as far as the the simple question of what is matcha, it's not powdered green tea leaves, but it's powdered green tea leaves. So when I say that, what I mean <laughs> is you're not taking traditional green tea leaves and just powdering them. Matcha, it is green tea leaves. But those leaves have been shade grown, so they are not getting direct sunlight. That forces the leaves to create more chlorophyll and to create more antioxidants. And it becomes a much more healthy leaf because it's forcing itself to create the nutrients that it's not getting from the sun. So that's the first thing. Right. Shade grown leaves. Generally, when it's ceremonial grade, generally you're dealing with first harvest. So this is the first harvest of the tea plant before it regrows the leaves and everything. The other thing is generally in high-end ceremonial grade matcha, if you think about a leaf on the tree, you can see little veins in the leaf. You can see the stem coming down. They remove all that. So this is the meaty part of the leaf. What a technical job. Oh my God. I'm sure there's a robot doing it, but let's assume there isn't. And it's just Mike and Eddie in the back pulling out stems and veins out of leaves. (laughs) Then the price makes a little more sense. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. There's a reason why matcha is flipping expensive. Yeah. So when you're getting, say, cafe grade matcha at like a, you know, a coffee house or whatever, a lot of times that is actually powdered green tea leaves. But when you're getting the little tin, like I show on the internet, of ceremonial grade matcha, that's when you're dealing with shade grown leaves, first harvest. And a lot of times, It's fully organic, but almost naturally because of where it's grown in Japan, the altitude also, there's just not a lot of bugs up there to need the pesticides you would normally need. So you're getting fully organic, shade grown, first harvest leaves that have been de-veined and de-stemmed. That's that's ceremonial grade matcha. Wow. Japan do everything right, don't they? They just fucking shit all over every other country in the world. They're just, they're just like, oh yeah, leave it to us, mate. We'll, we'll. It's not even funny. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's the reason why you and I have turned down three Japanese clinic tours for Drum with Mike and Eddie because we know that we'll just never come home, (laughs) mate. It was like actual paradise for me, mate. Apart from one place that I went to 
a funny story. I'll keep it quick. I'll keep it really quick. Go, go. So we were we were really really hungry and we wanted some ramen shock. Um, but like all like we had been to like l- like the secret legit places like the good stuff. Okay. And we were just yeah. we had been walking around all day. We just wanted something quick. So we went to a sort of McDonald's equivalent of like ramen, and I can't remember Done. what it was called. Found a place that wasn't busy. Um, <laughs> got in, ordered the food. We were sat down. I had a drink. Rowan had a drink, and we were just sort of like just chatting. And and some and the guy behind the counter caught my eye, and I was like, "What? What's that guy doing? That's sketching me out." And Rona was like, "Who are you looking at?" And I was like, "I don't, I, I don't know what this guy's doing, but he's weirding me out. What is he doing?" So I stood up off the stool, looked over the counter, and this geezer right was washing his bare feet in this bowl of water. His bare feet in between his toes, doing all that jazz, Whoa. just like freaking me the fuck out. And then he washed his hands in the same bowl and then picked up the noodles, put them in the... Um, bare hands. Bare, bare hands. Nothing. And I was like, Rona, uh, we're going. I do not want some stinky oh. foot noodle <laughs> right now. And uh, and yeah, that, that did put me off ramen for a bit, mate, because I was like, oh, I Jesus bet. Christ. Oh, my God. But yeah, no. anyway, anyway, Japan do everything amazing. I've got a question for, um, yeah. for you regarding matcha. So I lo- I love coffee just because I love I lo- I like the taste of it now but um I got into it because I love just like having that sort of energy um but yes. the one thing I don't like is the crash there's yep. nothing worse than like coming down off a, off a coffee because then you're in this weird domino effect of like needing another one to get get you back up yes so what's the, is there a crash what's it, what's it like no there's no crash um so that's the big deal as far as matcha now keep in mind when I'm always saying matcha and in in all of my social media posts, I'm saying matcha, but I'm actually drinking matcha lattes. So I am adding in oat milk or almond milk, or you could just add in regular milk. Traditional matcha would be you put the powder in after sifting it. And I'll talk about that in just a second. Then you whisk it up. Then you with a little bit of warm water, not hot water. Then you add in more water until it's a full cup. That's matcha. I do not drink that. That is you got to have, I was going to say, you got to be ready. You, that is sticking your mouth on the back of a lawnmower and just say, fired up, dad, let's go. And yeah. just go down the street. Yours don't look like that. Yours look like this creamy goodness of like, yes. uh, yeah, it's like the equivalent of the Kit Kat matcha, but melted. It totally almost. is. Yes. Yeah. So, so mine, I like, if somebody comes here, I'm not going to make them matcha because I would put them off of it forever. Just like if no, if somebody had never tried, um, coffee and the first thing you gave them was a full shot of espresso they yeah. like, well this is terrible they're not ready for it so i just want to make that clear um so as far as the crash no that's the whole point of matcha as far as how it was created so you are right it was created in japan it's it's japanese tea leaves but it didn't become matcha until the chinese got a hold of it the chinese monks are the ones that actually made matcha out of the japanese green tea leaves and what was happening was they were trying to find a way to be able to meditate for you know four or five hours without falling asleep but without their mind wandering mm. something like coffee would cause them to have the buzz where their mind is going bananas yeah well and then and green tea gave them what they wanted but it didn't last very long it lasted you know it wasn't enough so there's like this coffee insane kick and then this and then with green tea you're dealing with uh, an amino acid called l-theanine which calms you down um, it's used in sleeping pills and everything. So right. it calms you down, but it calms your mind down, not your body. So L-theanine is the key difference between caffeine and coffee and caffeine and matcha. So keep in mind, when you drink green tea, that is not even remotely the same as matcha because green tea, you're soaking leaves in water. So think about just grabbing coffee beans and soaking them in hot water. Mm. That's what green tea is. Okay. With matcha you're ingesting the leaf it's a powdered leaf that you're actually ingesting because you're mixing it with water so you get a decent like very close to caffeine or coffee caffeine boost but the l-theanine that's in there regulates the caffeine in your bloodstream in your body in your brain and so what the way that aya matcha explained it to me the first time we had like a marketing meeting i was like all i want is information they just said imagine a ufc fighter without ever being trained that's coffee now imagine that same fighter with a manager and a pr staff and a trainer that's matcha it's managed energy right and that made a lot of sense to me and i said okay and so they said so that and then what happens is that l-theanine also brings you back down gently and there's never 
you don't know when the energy from matcha has left you and there is zero crash. Oh, the other man. thing that is very important is there's zero addictive properties to it. When I go three days without matcha or without tea in general, no headaches, no withdrawals. I was going to say, how many do you have a day? Just one. Matcha would be one, yeah. Right. And that's not even every day. I mean, it's, you know, making it, it's kind of like watching somebody hand make their coffee, like grinding the beans mm. and, you know, pour over. When I watch Mark Juliana make his coffee, it's like, that's, it's not the, co- it's not the end result. It's the journey. It's yeah, the ritual yeah. of doing it. And that's what I love doing. So sometimes I get that ritual because I make it for Amber in the morning and then I don't drink any. Um, but I would say at the most one a day and I try to keep it before 9 a.m. Right. Just because I know that as somebody yeah. who doesn't drink coffee, caffeine affects me pretty heavily. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I'm just kind of into white teas. And then eventually by f- 3 p.m., it's herbal teas. Nice. So as far as how to make matcha, I'll make this super quick. And then we move on to some really good drum stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you get your little little tin of matcha. The first thing is you have to strain that. If you don't strain it, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. It's going to be very clumpy and chalky. And if you ever go to a cafe and have a matcha latte and it's chalky and you keep getting like these really bad clumps, that's because they didn't strain it properly. So you get this little tiny strainer you can find at any home goods store and you just put a, about a teaspoon of matcha in there and then you push it through the strainer and it's, so you're sifting the matcha. That gets rid of all the clumps. Then you pour in some warm water, about 130 to 140 of R degrees. I have no idea that what that is in Celsius. And then you whisk it as fast as you can. Use all your drumming skills to whisk it until it's... I mean, usually for me, it's about 45 seconds of really fast, vigorous whisking inside the matcha bowl. Then you add in either water or steamed oat milk or steamed almond milk. And that is it. You are done. And then you drink it. And then everyone is happy. And then if you want to sweeten it, you can put in whatever you would sweeten your coffee with. You can put in creamers, you know, like I have oat milk, vanilla creamers, and I put about a tablespoon of that in to sweeten it for Amber. Wow. Um, sometimes I put in honey or something like that. Wow. Well, I, uh, if you are listening, mate, you better pay this man some big bucks because he, <laughs> he has just convinced, I don't know how many drummers to just buy some matcha right now, including me. And uh, coming from me, I've got my instant coffee in some Yeti thing. I don't know what it is. And it's so bad. And uh, I feel like an absolute clown now, basically. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to use that affiliate code, mate. For I will sure. Have, I will have Aya send you a, a gift set. Um, and I will say this, though, for the people that are thinking about getting into it, you know, eventually, even though it's kind of a big buy in because it does, you do need to get the bowl to mix it in because if you try to mix it in a cup, there's not enough room in the cup. There's not enough real estate to get mm. the whisk going quickly. So, but most people drink it out of the mixing bowl like I have right here. Um, and it's just kind of a cool thing. So once you have that and you have the scoop and all that and the whisk, then all you have to buy is the matcha. And the matcha is expensive, but a little tiny tin of matcha that's probably $24, that does last me about three weeks. So it's worth it, especially compared to going to a cafe and spending $6 per cup. Well, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. It's quality over quantity, isn't it? Because if I think about it, when I have, there's a few really good coffee places in my in my local town. And if I have one from there, it's like, look, I that, yeah, that's enough. Because I'm going to be fucking yeah. running around this town right now, just, right. Head, yeah, just, yeah. just doing push-ups and shit whilst waiting for like, <laughs> <laughs> like petrol or something. But then if I have, you know, I could have a few Costa coffees. I could have a few Starbucks easily in a day, you know? Yeah, and, you yeah. Know, it's, it's, I think it just comes down to whether you whether you like it or not. And like, I mean, for me, the the ritual of it, it's very similar to changing out a snare head. Mm. I just can't do that daily. I don't yeah. need a new <laughs> yeah, snare yeah. head every day. <laughs> well, but mate, there's nothing like swapping heads, man. Like that that is my ritual. Yeah, mate, sure. I love that. I love that. Um, well, talking talking about matcha, there is a question in this little fun game that I've put together. Well, actually. It's um it's a game that you put together and I've just stolen for you. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure somebody else put it together and we both stole yeah, it. Yeah, we both stole it. Okay, yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Um, So it's my first. Here we go. Ready? Oh my God. Yes, go. A few... Yeah, whatever. We'll just do it. First drum kit. Uh, jugs percussion. Oh yeah, jugs, mate. The old R. jugs. R.I.P. <laughs> jugs. <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, first gig. Uh, playing, I was 11 and I got, my mom got me a gig playing in a cover band. Uh, and I, and it was like probably 30 gigs a year for like two or three years. And these were all 50, 40 and 50 year olds playing 
uh, <clears throat> like Steely Dan and Earth, Wind and Fire. Hey, and I was sick. 11. I love that. My mom would just drive me up to the gig and we'd play the wedding and then she'd drive me back home. You must have been making some good bucks. I, it was crazy. My yeah. mom was like, we should tuck this away. And I was like, we, you should step back. <laughs> I'm 11. I know what to do with this. <laughs> um, first clinic? Uh, guitar Center. Uh, I think, yeah. Guitar Center in Arden Fair okay. area of Sacramento. Cool. And uh, put on all, just like your first, your yeah. first show. That was my first clinic. All put on by myself, made the flyers. Yeah. No one cared. <laughs> okay. The first time you felt out of your depth. Oh, man. Yeah, we just got deep quick. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I would say the, the first time I played with like a national act, we opened. So we were a local band and we thought we were killing it. We were selling out the local club and everything. And then there was um, a tour coming through town with a band. I don't know if you remember them, but they were kind of big in the 90s called Creed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, with arms, yeah. all that shit. Yeah, they stuff. had some good songs, um, man. <laughs> yeah. So Creed was coming through town and the the promoter called us literally the, the night of the concert, like during soundcheck and said, hey, opening band just bailed. Can you come down? to?" And it was, so we went from 300 seaters straight into a 10,000 seater and it was our first time on a proper stage. Oh my God. Legit soundcheck, backline, real lights, pyro. You know, yeah. we walk in and Creed's testing out the pyro. We were like, we were kids. That was the first time, like, I remember just seeing the drummer sound check and I was like, okay, his sound check is better than any solo I've ever played. And he yeah. just played like nothing, but it was so <laughs> pro. So I, I really, I just thought it wasn't even just, I feel out of depth as a, as a drummer. It was like, my band is not ready for this. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that level, everything is different. I mean, your dressing room, it's like got fucking showers in them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> you're, 100%. You're, you're, my, the dressing rooms that we experienced <laughs> back in the day were in... They were on the stage, just behind a curtain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We were all sort of standing around a bin, just going, right, when, yeah. when are we on? Well, Shower was just like, hey, do you have any bottle of waters that aren't cold? Yeah. Like, just lukewarm, and I'll just pour that over my head? Yeah. But yeah, I, remember, I mean, that was my first time ever in my life seeing in-ear monitors. I was like, why is his headphones yeah. so small? Is, is he deaf? Yeah. Is that a hearing <laughs> yeah. aid? <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah. So yeah, that was my first time. Um, first time you felt confident on stage? Man. I'm impressed with I, these I mean, questions. I, 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 I'm just gonna say. Yeah, no, I, I won't say it as a as a band thing because my current career is a little more relative. Wow. Yeah, this that is like have, solo band that, whenever. Yeah, I would say I'll, I'll go with the the current career. I would say probably it's got to be the the most recent UK drum show. So like two years ago was the first time that Stanton Moore was on the bill, Benny was on the bill, Jojo Mayer was on the bill. And I just didn't have any nerves at all. You know, I was just walking around talking to people and they were like, hey, you're on in 45. I'm like, cool, see you up there. And I just walked on stage, did my thing, knew what I was going to do. It, 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 hap it, it came off exactly how I wanted it to come off. And then I went back to the hotel and chilled. That was such a rare thing for me. Yeah. I usually go to the hotel and just mentally destroy myself. That's, that's, that's nice to hear for the listeners, mate, because if you think about it, everyone who's starting out on their journey, regardless of how old you are, you think that, you know, like you're, you're an alien for feeling like you're not confident. And and there you have Mike, who's been doing this his entire life. And only two years ago, <laughs> did he start to feel yeah. confident? <laughs> totally. 100%. And I remember I called Amber and she's like, where are you? And I was like, I'm at the hotel. And she's like, didn't you just get off stage? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm good. <laughs> she's like, and, and she, she was kind of freaking out. Like, so I don't have to talk you off the ledge and convince you to not quit playing the drums i was like no that's mental. i think and it wasn't because i mean this is the most important part it wasn't because i smashed it, it mm. i'm sure there was as many mistakes as there were in every other thing that i felt terrible about it was that i finally accepted who i was as a clinician and i knew what my value was and i brought that in that moment and when i left it was like cool that's what i was hired to do i did exactly that we had a good time amazing man um okay so i hate the question when did you realize you've made it i because mm. it's just such bullshit. But I've reworded it because I feel like this <laughs> okay. makes more sense. And this is actually quite a good question, I think. First time that you felt you had met your goals. Oh, nice. I would say probably, you know, the, the clinician thing was not a big goal of my. I mean, it was, but it wasn't like one of my main goals. Mm. It was probably around year six of doing camp. So we do 10 per year. So around year six, I had done... 50 camps and I was getting into the batch of 50 through 60. 
And it was the first time that the campers were noticeably improved from the website. So right. I knew my goals weren't working in the first five years of my website. I don't know if you've <laughs> experienced this, but someone comes in and is like, I've done everything you've ever said to do, but they're terrible. And you're like, wait, I did this to you? Oh, my God. And they're like, yeah, just you told me like on, on YouTube, like just 30 second note crossover fills. I was like, no, 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 that was a joke. Yeah. Oh, my God. You can't play a song. <laughs> So when when people were actually becoming better musicians, better drummers, and it was relative to what I'd been putting my heart and soul into, yeah, that's when I felt like, hey, Am, you know, I could come home to the wife and say, hey, Am, it's working. Mm. Now, you know, financial success or financial failure, we're doing the right thing. We're on the right path. We're yeah. making people better at this instrument, which then, I mean, you and I know better than anyone because of our <laughs> mental issues, which is why we started a podcast. Um <laughs> You know, the better you are at the instrument, the happier you are because you feel like you're progressing and, and you're not so like, oh, I suck. You know, yeah. we just have to constantly compare ourselves to ourselves. And if we're growing past where we were, then we're in a good place. So, yeah, when the when I saw campers actually becoming better musicians through a website, then I felt like maybe I was onto something. Yeah, great, man. Uh, okay, the first time you had matcha? Uh, not long ago. Uh two and a half years ago nice. only uh so uh it was in a town car called carmel at a place called this uh the stationery and i just i had always hated the idea of matcha and I, I i've been drinking tea for about 20 years now um and yeah we had a matcha latte made with oat milk and i was like oh this is what everyone's talking it was love about. it love at first sight it was. And then, I went. <laughs> then I went off the deep end. <laughs> uh, first time you met someone that made you feel jelly in the legs. And that is Ooh. regarding like a musician or a drummer. Yes. Man, that's a good one. I, I, you know, I still feel that with Abe sometimes. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Like he, he reminds me that we know each other. And I'm like, no, I know. But he's <laughs> like, he'll say, he'll, he'll say, like, you, you know, you don't have to introduce yourself, right? Because I'm always <laughs> like, hey, man. Mike Johnson, uh, we grew up in the same town. I used to be in Simon Says. He's like, I got it. Yeah, I know who I you it, are, man. Yeah. And so I would say Abe. Yeah, I still get that way. Yeah, he's an he's a legend. Um, okay, cool. And then you ended with this, so I'll end it with it as well because you know why not? It's uh, what's something that you can't wait to do for the first time? I think this might have been your answer too, but yours was slightly different. But okay. I can't wait to host a camp with you. Yeah, man. um, I really feel that because. Everything you and I talked about yesterday in our voice notes about how our differences are, why this works. I just can't wait to watch you in a room teaching students things that I just know I would never teach them. It's just not how I see the world. And I, I think that those differences, the differences between how you see the this instrument, how Carter sees it, how Stan Bicknell sees it, how Mark Juliano sees it, how I see it. I think that those are the things that just need to be celebrated. And I just can't wait to kind of watch that happen. And then the best part, because I've done camps with, you know, Ash and Mark and Keith Carlock and, and all of my friends that are also heroes. I know that the best part of a camp for the teachers is the night of day one. So we teach all day. Then you and I would go back to the house and go like, okay, what can be better about tomorrow? And that moment is what I'm looking forward to. Like yeah. when you and I start brainstorming about how things can be better mm -hmm. for the campers, that's going to be just insane. Yeah, man. Can't wait. Cannot yeah, wait. Man. That Great. was easy. Yeah, that's my it. first. <laughs> that's it. Done, mate. Woo! Oh, my heart, my heart. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, real quick, we just want to uh, say massive thanks to the uh, patrons for all of their support. They are the reason why, whether you're a patron or not, they're the reason why you're listening to an ad-free podcast. Yeah. So if you're not a patron and you're really enjoying this podcast, just know that you're selfish. You're taking yeah, their hard-earned money. Come and you're on, spending mate. it on yourself. <laughs> Pull over. Yeah. Pull over. Get yourself a, to... a shitty matcher from Starbucks. Get your phone out and sign up to Patreon. That's that's all come we're on. asking. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not much. Whatever, whatever you're holding in your hand from Starbucks. That's one month of being a Patreon. You put that brilliantly. You're on fire today. You're like a fucking like salesman guru. <laughs> uh, I got to get it all out because I try very hard not to do yeah, that. Exactly. All yeah. right, moving on. So we are going through our favorite drum parts. Now, this is going to be a two-week series, just like picking out our dream kits. 
which by the way, if you were a Patreon, you could see our dream kids and they're freaking hilarious. They are so good. They are oh so God. good, mate. Oh, it's like they couldn't be the two more. pictures back to back. <laughs> it's like my kit is just so outrageous. It's like I don't even want, I would buy it and not even play it. I'd just be like, this is amazing. And and, and, and yeah. So anyway, we've got to keep that secret because we want them to, you know what I mean? I know. I just, I love it. Like, I think uh, one of our Patreons, Eric Stewart, said, <laughs> Mike's kit looks like it should be slung over his shoulder in the Continental Army. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that is, that is such a good way of putting it. It's so true. Totally. So yeah. true. Well, uh, so anyways. All right. So here we go. This is going to be a two-parter, our favorite drum parts. This week, we're going to go through our favorite drum parts that we actually recorded in our previous bands or our current bands. And then next week, it'll be our favorite drum parts that other people have recorded. I'm really excited about that because I think we could even break that into subcategories like favorite drum intro, favorite drum fill, yeah, man. which is tough. you know. I, and I think that it's always important to realize if we say this is my favorite drum fill, it's so much deeper than the fill. It's it's like, look, I can't explain it. I know it's not the most technical thing. You know, it might be just a flat zoom, goom, da doom. But it's like, oh, but I love it. I'm, I'm thinking of one right now, uh, played by Nate Morton, uh, the drummer for the US version of The Voice. Right. Um, didn't we meet him together? Yeah, we did meet him, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then somebody came up and made it super awkward. Yeah, um, oh, name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely killed the vibe. I remember telling you, I'm like, did I not tell you? Yeah. I told you that was going to happen. Yeah, ruined the vibe right. in about two seconds, you know? Yeah. All right, right, moving on. Let's get into it. I want to go with yours. Now, the biggest thing I want here is I want an explanation of why you picked this. Okay. And what cool. is it? Okay, so I'm going to pick a groove. Okay, and it, I played it last. I played the feel last last week on the podcast. From here we go. Okay, so it's the here we go groove, and it's just the reason why I picked it is because it, I I don't know if this is going to make me sound like such a bad drum teacher. I don't even know what the fucking word is, mate. But you'll hear it, and I, I'm I'm opening and closing the hi hat on every eighth note, and it's just there's just as soon as we played this live we always played it last because it was one of our biggest songs it just went off and it was just such a good beat to play like we took a while deciding on like where the kicks would lie it could it could have been really technical it could have could have followed the riff but I don't know man it just it just sits right and it was just like I would never have I've never played this beat before I've never yeah it was just like it just it, you know when you just you're writing a song for a part and you've never played it before and you're like that's that one. It was just such yeah. a stab yeah, in the yeah, dark yeah. and it just worked and it just oh mate I love it man I love it and especially playing it live it's just so fun. So yeah this is well, here we go. I already feel bad though you only have 12.8 million streams on Spotify. What a tough <laughs> go for you. Oh my god. Yeah. You are buying my next match. Yeah, the thing is mate that <laughs> we got about 12p for that. So <laughs> So I can't afford shit. Okay, so so each million views is one penny. Yeah, split between Got four, it. mate. One stream, yeah. Split, actually, split between five if you're including the manager. Yeah, and then and then the record label takes eighty percent of that. Dude, yeah, you're like, crushing it, mate. I know. All mate. right, let's give it a listen. That's the one. Okay. Ah, I purposely try not to listen to LTA because I never want to be a fan of you. <laughs> oh, it makes me like nauseous to even think about being your fan. But damn, that's my stuff right there. Oh, man. Like, I mean, I, I don't even care if this makes me sound arrogant. I, I'm over it. Yeah. It, we made some absolute bangers, mate. It was like, it was like one of those bands that I was just like, every, every time we sort of finished a song and I would, I would, I would purposely like, purposely, oh my flipping God, that coffee has gone straight to my head. I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to it for like a couple of weeks. You know, I didn't want to yep, rinse it. Totally no. And then I, I would play it and I'd be like, 
oh, this is my band. Just like how when I listen yes. to this podcast, I'm like, oh my God, this is my podcast. This is sick. Um, <laughs> and yeah, man, I, that that song was just wicked. I love it. I love yeah, it. and I, I mean, those, that groove. Well, first of all, what kind of hi-hats are those? Uh, I think they are, I think they were the 15-inch case, case, um, K-Classics, I think, or K-Sweets. Wow, no, they sweets, sound yeah. good, man. I mean, they're perfect for for that genre. I mean, I think they sound like trash, but they're really good for that band. <laughs> no, those are that's awesome. And yeah, those that's a tough thing because when you said, I don't know what to call this hi-hat thing, it's almost like the open is too long to call it a hi-hat bark. Yeah. It's too short to call it a hi-hat slosh. It's just I'm opening the hi-hats and closing them in time. Yeah, and it right? was like, it was so abrasive. It was, I've it never was, played that. Yeah, it, well, <laughs> even did I. Even did I. And it was but like, no one asked. we did it. And we were like, oh my God, this is just like the sickest thing ever. And it's oh, it's almost that. like when you listen to that beat, that's the thing you hear. Pss, 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 yeah. pss, over and over again. And when you, if you were to solo the drums, you'd be like, all right, mate, give me some dynamics. Do you know what I mean? But then <laughs> the dynamics comes from the space. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking about sick. myself. I, I'm no, fucking... <laughs> no. I, uh, I, I absolutely love mm. it, man. And and you guys have that, like, I, like I said, I tried not to listen to LTA or I try not to, um, but you have your guitarist, whoever the guitarist is, has that gent tone. Yeah. You know, that almost seven string drop D, drop B gent tone. But then you have this guy that's singing really beautiful stuff over the top of it. Than the groove. I mean, it's a really good combination of a lot of different subgenres of new metal, gent, modern rock all together. I, I love it. And that's that's actually what I was hoping the type of stuff you would I was hoping you would pick is show me the stuff that's special to you. I don't care if it was hard. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. Yeah. It means yeah, nothing to me. Yeah. Why is it special to you? All right, let's go to my first special thing. So this is a groove from uh, 2001, my band Simon Says. This is our second album. And the reason I picked this groove is because this song was very much so in 4-4. And because of growing up in Sacramento with Abe Cunningham, parts are cool in Sacramento. Fills mean nothing. Mm. So parts are everything. And that's that's like your goal is to try to get other drummers to play a beat, and then the world knows the song from the beat. Yeah. Problem was, this song is straight ahead 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> yeah, sick. So what I tried to do was, I tried to make this bar of like, I just changed the 4-4 four, four bar up. So kick is on one, snare is on two and three, kick is on four. So do, ga, ga, doom, and then a uh, regular bar of four. Sick. So it's a two-bar phrase. So this Wait, is called play, limousines but- and penthouse suites. Yeah. Uh, say let's do that again. Boom, ga, ga, boom, ga, doom, one. Mate, I am fucking freaking out because there is an LTA song that, if I remember Shut correctly, up. does that. Uh, hang oh. on, hang on, bear with me for two seconds. <laughs> no way, no way. It might be different, but okay. Were we in the same band? Right. Um, where is it? Uh. Shut the fuck <laughs> No way No fucking way Right okay ready Shut and up then there's, And it's just this just Oh four, my four. god How weird How Bro, weird is that The only thing I can say is 2001 I got there <laughs> first I did not steal this from you <laughs> That is weird Oh <laughs> All right, well, let's give it a listen. This is Limousines and Penthouse Suites by Simon Says. I've got a story for you, a tale of trendy trash. I thought you know the ending. Well, you fucking wrote it, and you think you'll see your custom hit parading. I'd like to find your pressure point and push you down. Now that we are about to down. Yes, mate. That's fucking sick. I love how the you've got the parental advisory on there. You just don't get that anymore. It's so nice, mate. I love it. <laughs> you had to have it, man. Mate, I love it. Had to have it. 
Uh, so yeah, that, that was one of those things where I was in the, you know, writing in the practice space or the pre-rehearsals for writing the album and just trying to figure out how to make four, four feel a little bit less smooth, you know, Mm -hmm. to be honest. So, um, it was more like, I'm going to play a three, four groove and then reset it by putting in an extra kick. So, um, yeah, so that is, and that was one of those things where I just wanted I wanted other drummers to try to learn that beat. That was like my dream. Now, it should have been my dream. This is why I'm not a session drummer <laughs> to make people enjoy the song. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah, they, Only child Mike was like, I want other drummers playing my beat. <laughs> but it's like, I feel like within rock music, you're allowed to do that because like the people listening to the music are musicians. So yes, you know what I mean? And that that's like um, an argument that, is always had when you get a, a more pop producer recording your rock band. It's like, I understand where you're coming from and you're making this more sort of widely accepted, but at the same time, what you have to understand is that the people listening to my drum parts want to then go practice them and learn them. Right, yeah. It's it's such a tough thing to go through. And and then you also know when you finally turn in the album, all the A&R is going to do is find the easiest, most simple drum part. And he's like, that's the single. And you're like, oh, yeah, come yeah, on. Great. Cheers, mate. How... How did how did Carter Beaufort get on the radio with all those Dave Matthews tracks, Isn't man? It? I want to. How did Tool do this? I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into your second choice. Okay. So this is a song called "Get Over It," and it's a bit of a weird. I'm kind of cheating, really, because it's like the groove. I love. It was the only okay. time we did this sort of like drum and bass sort of groove, but then the feel was um, the first time I recorded with um, without a double bass pedal in the studio. Yeah, and oh, and it but it's really a double bass sort of feel. Do you know what I mean? It was like oh, okay, okay. it was like a cheeky little double kick in there, um, <laughs> and I I was like, listen, double bass, you've been great to me, but now it's time to go. Okay, I'm growing <laughs> up now, mate, and now it's you're, time to do it on my own. You're a father now. Now it's now it's time to do it on my own one foot. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, I, so I got <laughs> oh, calm down, Spotify. <laughs> Okay, so this is so. What are we listening to? We're listening to the fill. Yeah, we are listening to yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, okay. the fill, but like the groove before is is part of it. I'm kind of cheating on this one, to be fair, mate. But if you scroll okay. to two minutes thirty-five, okay. two thirty-five on get over it. Sorry, listeners. You're just gonna have to deal with it. I'm I'm listening to that again. <laughs> it's okay. You and I have a very similar rock vocabulary. It's all about getting to those three hi hat hits. Yeah, right? yeah. It was that, like because you know you know that, but if you can get the in there, well, people can't even wrap their brains around like, wait, how did you get that? Exactly, and that was my thinking. Yes. I was like, I want to show. As I said, it was the first time I didn't record with a double bass pedal. I was like, I'm going to prove to you out there, yeah, that my left foot is down on that hi hat, clamped down it's, on those hi hats, clamped totally. down on that hi hat, and. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it was wicked. So I started off and I, it was weird because yet again, I've never done it, um, but it fitted. I came up, so I did two snares, mid tom, then high tom. Okay. And then back down. So it was up yep. and it was down. Um, yep. And yeah, it was just it was just like, I've got to get these cheeky little hi-hats in there, mate. Just yes. like- <laughs> it, it makes the whole fill. It makes the whole fill. Okay, so you had a bit of a pop punk groove there a little double timer doom ka doom to getting to get and to get yeah so it's like boom, vibe. Bam, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam. Bit, like kind of like drum and bassy sort of yep yeah, um so that. this my second pick is a similar groove okay sick it's a little bit faster it's doom getting ga doom getting ga but yes. the reason i'm picking this is because it is the only time that i ever put in a true rudiment into a recording that is not morphed in any way. I mean, like, usually if I do a paradiddle diddle, I disguise it somehow. I add a couple notes. Okay. If I do a flamma diddle, you'll never know it happened or a Swiss triplet. This is straight up 
Give me the most corn David Silveria ride symbol you have, and I'm playing Flam Taps. <laughs> it's happening. I don't care. I'm playing Flam Taps <sighs> on an album. So this is called Trainwreck by Simon Says. Very hard they, to play. Yeah, I are. went to do a groove like that the other day and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta say, even though I was a Peisty artist at the time, that is definitely the 22 inch Zildjian Mega Bell ride yeah. with that giant, giant soup bowl on top yeah. with the bell. Yeah, yep. amazing. Did you ever have, you probably didn't, but the Z Bell? Of course. Oh, Bell? Hell yeah, I did. That was like, I had it upside down <laughs> yes! on top of one of my crashes. So did I. So did I. Yeah, I so used to yeah, but go in my go in the music show and be like, Mom, I need that. And she's like, Really? Yeah. And I'm like, No, but it's no. cheap and it's I need <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't know how I'm gonna use it. And then when I do hit it and then I pack up and leave for the night, it's still ringing from the last time <laughs> I hit it. Goes <laughs> for a freaking hour. It's so uh, obnoxious. That's sick, though, man. I like that. I like and you can definitely <clears throat> hear their flam taps. Flam taps, yeah. That's why I was like, okay, I need the thickest ride we can get with a big old corn blind bell. And then I'm going to probably put some gaff tape on the bottom of the of the ride so that I can really hear those flam taps. Pleta, 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 pleta. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's get to your third and final pick. Okay, cool. So this is uh, a song called English Kids in America um, okay. by LTA. And um, and yeah, this is this is definitely like a, a, a quote-unquote crazy feel. Um, but... If you listen real carefully, there's there's a um, a hi hat on the on um, on the off. So one, two, okay. three. So it's on the ands, and that was really really hard to do, like incredibly <laughs> hard to do. And it was one of the reason why I'm picking it, not just because it's like a fun feel, it's because of that. But then also like when I think back to playing it, man, like every single tech on stage used to just watch me, and then yeah. Yeah. Me and my tech had this thing where like one night I've really fucked it up, like really bad. Like you are going to hear it. And then I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I did. Well, basically I went to do it, mucked up, just ended with a do, 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 do. Oh. And he just, he was just dying with laughter. So from that point oh. on, it was like, is Eddie going to do it? Is he not? Right. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it was just such a fun, fun part of the song, mate. And, and we, after that, we extended that little bit you're going to hear and we did like improv in it. So it's cool. But yeah. Okay. Do a <laughs> I, no, I gotta say, no. like, we spend too much time talking that I always forget you're a really good drummer. No, honestly, mate, it's like I can't play that now. I don't even know what the fuck I play. It was like, it's like it's not a rudiment. It's not anything. It's like just just happened, and then it was one of those things. Like, right, I'm gonna have to learn this now, and wow. my muscle memory is so off that I'm like, oh god, I can't and, play. Okay, it. so please walk the listeners through. The difference between writing that fill with your bandmates in a practice space and you guys nail it every time versus recording it for a major label album. I mean, I, I you must go straight after the fill into the into the recording room and be like, can you play can you play 220 for me? Just roll it back to 220. I just gotta hear that. I don't care about the other four minutes of the song. Let me just hear 220. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. This album in particular, we we basically would would drop, we got dropped by Island Records. Um, okay. on the album before this. And okay. then this was an album that we got signed to Sony, but we were like at the lowest point ever. And what that meant was that we just decided, you know what, like, let's just write whatever we want. If it's hip hop, rock, metal, whatever. If there's crazy feels in it, let it be. If there's this, that, just, just, just 
go do whatever you want. And that was one of those things yeah. where it was like, let's just do this and let's just see what happens. And but yeah, it was um very difficult to get that left left foot going, but like, incredibly oh. hard. Like it was just and it was yeah, just yeah, yeah, so yeah. so hard but um, every time I hear that feel I'm not listening to the toms or what the snare's doing I'm listening to that yeah 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 well and it's one of those things too like especially like you were saying in a touring situation if you like you're hoping that something in the concert that night will distract you leading up to that moment so that moment just happens but if you give that three to four seconds of thought leading up to it, it's already over. Yeah, it, it is. Already, um, it's it, game over. It's like when you make a mistake, then it becomes a thing. Yes. As soon as your tech or guitar player or, who, or mate or whatever looks at you, you're like, oh no, mate, you've made this a thing now. And now you're messing with my head. And, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. and now this is a thing. And every time I go to play this feel, everyone's head is just turning around to me. And I'm like yeah. trying to not make it a thing, but you're making it a thing. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, there can man. be something in the, in the show it's 10 times more difficult, but because it's not a thing, you just get through it like no big deal. Yeah, yeah. And then that one thing, I mean, I would always have that happen where it'd be like, okay, we stop for one bar and then we come in on the end of one. And I'm like, I, I God, I really think we should just do the one. It's just, <laughs> I'm going to come in on the end of four. I, I'm never going to get it. You guys are standing on top of your cabs. You're going to jump in the air. I won't hit the bell. Yeah. Then you're going to buckle and both fall on the ground. It's, it's a story there. of your problem. I've been there so many times where it's like, <laughs> the idea that they're saying is so much better, but you're like really nervous and you don't think it's good. You, you don't think, you, yeah, you're like, no, that really cool idea. I think we should just do accounting on the hi-hats. Yeah. I think that's what yeah, we need yeah, to do. Yeah, let me just, I'll just keep time for you guys. And they're like, no, no, we want dead silence, black out the arena. I'm like, oh wait, so there's no lights and you want the, like, great, I can't see, I can't hear. I'm like, just let me count for you because so we weren't good. on a click or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, that. And then the other nightmare situation is, because we did, I mean, we were, I hate to say it, but we were story of the year and trapped before that ever happened. Yeah. So there was a lot of soccer jerseys jumping off the cabs, you know, flying through the air, swapping guitars in the air. And to go, like, to have a, like, two, three, king, and hit a felt, <laughs> and nothing happens, and they're in the air, and they just buckle, and I'm like, so sorry. Oh, my God. And it's one of those things where, like, you, if you wanted to do that again, you would never be able to. It's like, if no, you try to hit the felt, if you try to hit like that a... felt, it would never happen. But on the one time where you don't, oh. You don't want to hit that felt. It's going to happen. Right. <laughs> it's gonna yeah, happen. that's. I stopped using felts altogether. I was like, screw that. I don't have wing nuts and I have felts. I'd rather the symbol fall off. That than, is than so me good. Hit that felt. Yeah, I hit. It's I, just the worst. I really did muck up that feel. I mean, it's like it goes bam. It's like bam, 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 like bam, bam, or whatever it was. But it's all but singles in between that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I sort of went bam, bam, bam. Like there was like eight notes where I just didn't play, and I turned around and my tech was just looking at me, being like, "Oh, you." I've done those fills. I I call those fills a trip to the Orient because you go da 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 dun 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 dun. that's the worst. All right, it is time for my third and final pick. This is instead of a groove or a fill, this is a feel. So. This is the first time I ever recorded a song in seven. This is my current project, Man on the Moon, uh, that I still play in now. And this was my first time recording in seven, and I didn't want to have a beat. I wanted to create an environment that didn't feel odd, like seven. And so I was just trying to create like a, I hate to say this because it sounds cheesy, but a sonic landscape. So this is a song called Biafre by Man on the Moon. Yeah, man, that's made, it's, it's smart because you, you what would not well I was gonna yeah what I would do is make sure there's something for me to fall back on like a, a one two three four five right. six seven one. I don't know whatever oh that was fucking eight <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so, so my point is is that I would need that seven to be there but you're disguising it you're trying to do the opposite yeah I just well I think the goal with that 
with that project in general is that we just want we we started the project as can we make f- driving fusion we want driving music like driving in a car down a long road but fusion and um so so yeah so i don't want it to have that normal skip that a seven has i want it to just kind of be a landscape and it's like well could we make something where you don't have to worry about what time signature is in? And I feel like Snarky Puppy did a really good job of that. A lot of times I just listen to the music, yeah. but I wasn't trying to think of how to play drums to it. I just was like, this is a cool song. And then someone else would tell me, oh, I do love that Snarky Puppy tune in nine. And I was like, that's in nine? Like I never even yeah. cared to to count it. It was just such a good song. I just listened. So especially with a song like that with Biafre, Dean's gu- guitar line is so present and so like... It's it's taking a long time to develop, so you don't want to like reset the one. You want to stay out of his way and allow for his phrase to take shape over the course of four bars. You know. Yeah, 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 mate. I love it, man. I love the riff after as well. Yeah, I, like, I knew you would. As soon as we got to like, as soon as he stepped on his distortion pedal, I'm like, and there's Eddie's head. Yeah, bob. it's like, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's not, um, it's like, it's not like nicely done. You know, it's like smart. It's like there's enough of that, just like. Like I don't know, I don't know how to word it. I think we kind of felt like what what happens at a perfect circle rehearsal before Maynard gets there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where they're just jamming, like oh dude, check this thing out, man. Like we're gonna make a whole album out of that. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, I love that. There Have, you go. Are you into um Porcupine Tree or not? I'm not. No, <laughs> not a fan. No, I, I'm just gonna nothing against Gavin. I love Gavin. I'm just not a fan. Oh man, all. that is so good. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why. I thought of that. I, to be honest, I don't know why I said that. Just fucking delete that I, out of the no, podcast. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not going to delete it. I, I mean, I think it's, uh, I think they're very good. It's just, so I've never been a big fan of Prague at all. I think that... Um, yeah, either have I. But then like, I think yeah. the reason why I said that, because when you were talking about A Perfect Circle, I haven't really dived into them, but then there's a few songs by, um yeah porcupine tree that like reminded me of like a similar vibe. i don't know yeah i think i totally think that we could actually it's funny because i say i'm not into them but if if there was a perfect tour for us it would probably be you know opening for porcupine tree or something like that so um but yeah i mean it's it's kind of weird like to say i'm not a fan of anything it has nothing to do with quality usually it's i'm telling you stylistically i just it doesn't connect with me for whatever reason yeah there, you know, there's a million Peter Gabriels and Stings out there, but I gravitate towards those two. Uh, there's a million R and B artists, but there's something different about Jill Scott for me. So, um, so yeah, I think that uh, I don't know. Like in, in that world, I don't know if I have anything that I'm a big fan of besides maybe Perfect Circle. But even that is from my past. I mean, mm. I haven't listened to Perfect Circle in forever. Yeah. Um, but there was something there about like, can you play interesting rock? that doesn't cross that border into you don't go quite as far as Prague where mm. now a very small group of people can listen to it. So it's yeah. a tough thing, but we honestly, we just, the, the cool thing is I have my job, Dino and Q uh, Dino's my guitarist. Q's my bass player. They have full-time jobs and they have great musical projects that they're playing in right now. So we are only in this band to have fun. That's yeah, but they're like, always the no best bands. They're always the best bands. 100%. Mate. It's just like just do whatever. Just, I mean, it's how this podcast started off. Do you know what I mean? It's like totally. We've got nothing to lose, um, right. apart from my dignity and maybe piss off <laughs> the fact you. that <laughs> that we count in seven and eight, and it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right. <laughs> so we hope you guys enjoyed that. That was our three. I would. I mean, there was so many for us to. Okay, let me take that back. There's a lot for us to go through to find that stuff. And I don't honestly know enough about my past playing to be able to pick favorites. But those were things that stuck out to me as like important moments. And I think that, Eddie, when you picked all of yours, it was like, that's what I was looking for. Tell me the story behind the playing. Yeah, yeah. And and, and most most of the time, the story is either mistakes or right. just thinking like, yeah, a funny moment from just playing it live. You know, I, I love that. 100%. I love that. It's the best. Yeah. All right, so we do have one Q&A, one question from a Patreon. There are more. We will do a future Patreon uh, Q&A episode. But this is from a patron named Antonio Riv- Rivero. So Antonio wrote to us in last week's episode, and he was the percussionist that asked about moving his career to drumming, but he was being very kind and did not want to write a full novel. So we didn't really get the full story. He heard the episode. He wrote the full story. So 
this is going to take a little while for me to read this out, but I think it's important because I think a lot of you will identify it. What he's going through as a percussionist, you may be going through as anything else in life other than being known as a drummer. And maybe you want to make that transition into becoming known as a drum set professional and you want to build a brand and a career around that. So even though he's talking about going from classical percussion into drum set and being known as a drum set player, you might be doing that as a barista or as a chiropractor or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. So it should be applicable. All right. This is from Antonio. Man, I love the last podcast and I'm loving the other 26. Thanks for answering the question. And I'm so sorry for not being clear enough. I didn't want to write 5,000 words. LOL. <laughs> uh, by the way, always thank you for LOLs because I never know if you guys are joking or yeah. not unless there's an LOL or a smiley face. So here it goes. I started playing drums in Venezuela when I was 11 or so. Went to a music school. Got a lot of experience playing on a church band where I got to play with pros from the beginning, which was amazing. After that, I got to play with some bands and afterwards moved to the Caracas to study the drums there. The thing is that between in between, I've become very interested or I had become very interested in classical uh, percussion. And then he goes into what's going on over there. Long story short, um, I practiced a lot in pl- classical percussion, somehow got into the university, but shortly after moved to Berlin and studied there with the big boys of classical percussion. I put the drums aside for a while as I wanted to make a name for myself as a classical percussionist, which I have managed to do. In the, pra- in the process, I never stopped practicing or loving the drums, but it wasn't as intense like it was back in the day. In the meantime, I ended up, this is on percussion, uh, touring with some greats like Stuart Copeland from The Police, Andre Bocelli, Wolfgang Hoffner, and Nils Landgren, uh, which is freaking awesome. Wow, uh, yeah, so, yeah. So he's more accomplished than either of us. Yeah, Great. yeah. You should have your own podcast. Fantastic. Um, the thing is, <laughs> thing is, here in Germany, at least, being a classical percussionist doesn't mean that you're a drummer. You might be able to play the drums, but people don't know you for that. You won't be taken seriously, or um, even if you are a classical percussionist and have a real drum set background. So it's kind of difficult to make the leap. You are either one or the other. So here comes his question. Um, so the actual question is, let's say hypothetically that I have a respectable level as a drummer but have never, but no one has ever heard of me before other than what they already know with me being a classical percussionist. Um, what would make you take me seriously or be interested in me? I know that Eddie said I should do the same thing I did with classical part, but I think it doesn't work as easily with drums as it does with classical percussion. And I already have a reputation as only, this is in quotes, only a percussionist. And then he goes on to say, man, I feel kind of bad asking for this because it feels like I'm asking for free life career advice. So I hope you will indulge me. Uh, first of all, it's not free. We will send you a bill. It's not even remotely free. This is this just cost you everything. Um, now, uh, and then he just says, thanks. Have an amazing day. Love you and Eddie. Um, I mean, I think the first thing is, isn't this question why we started the podcast? Yeah, exactly, mate. And 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 the Patreon thing as well, you know, like to, just to bridge that gap a little bit more and, and just to actually help out and give our opinion. Because I think most of the time, and this is the this is what's going to happen with my answer it's like we're probably just going to confirm what you're already thinking do you know what i mean like you're not alone and we think the same and that's all it sometimes takes to go oh i'm not an alien they think the same as me that's cool um but yeah it's uh to answer your question mate i just think you've just got to to stand out as a drummer or be sort of respected as as, as a drummer i think you've just got to film yourself put stuff out there make videos um it's interesting because i don't know that classical world so i didn't know it was going to be like such a you're either one or the other but um i think mate in my experience i've i I don't care what people have done in the past i don't think any mds i know have cared what you've done in the past as long as you love what you're doing and you do it well and you do it how you would do it i think that's the most important thing and i think to capture that that's very important so it may sound like an obvious answer, mate, but I just think do your thing and just don't really worry about yesterday so much. Just just play the drums, play how you want want to play and and, and film it and, and show people how much you love the drum kit. Yeah, I, I'm actually with Eddie on this. I think the most important thing is realizing that, unfortunately, even though you do have a name as a classical percussionist, you, you do have to kind of walk away from that world on a public level. Now, you can still do all the gigs you want because we all have to make a living and I get that. But you you have don't do a mix of here's me playing percussion. Here's me playing drum set, it, especially in America. It's very similar to how we see 
marching drummers. These marching cats can play things that yeah. you know no drum set player on the planet will ever be able to play. But we have this thing in our head, yeah, but they can't play kit. Even if they can, we just haven't seen them do it. And so we do separate it like that because we think, like, oh, it'll be stiff, stiff and stale on a kit. But we have no proof of that. It's just that we usually see them standing up, playing traditional grip and playing flawlessly yeah. right? because that's part of it. And I think that the percussion thing, the classical percussion thing has a very same connotation unless you go the Glenn Coche route or somebody who's mixing percussion with drum set. So my thought is this. When you're in high school and you're a little bit overweight, who are you going to ask for it fitness advice from? It's, it's not even going to be the most in-shape person. It's going to be the person that has fitness on the outside, meaning they're always walking around school with a full gallon of water. They've always got cut-off sleeves. And they just are, and they're just in the quad doing push-ups. And it's like, okay, this person is telling me they're into fitness, so I don't mind asking them about fitness. So you have to do that in social media. You have to be oozing drum set professional in your stories, in your main feed, you know, cool pictures of your kit. Hire a photographer to take pictures of you on your kit. Hire a videographer to take a video of you playing some amazing stuff if you can't make great videos on your own. But you have to reestablish your brand starting today. The people that hire you for being percussion won't stop hiring you because you play drum set. They already know your skill level. So now it's time to just start anew. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, because there's a good example um, when I, like I occasionally post like sneakers and stuff on my, on my Instagram. That's just because I just like to just do it. But if I wanted to take that any further, I would have to start a new page. You know what I mean? I would have to do yeah. something different. Yeah. Like you said, leave this drum thing for the drums and go do my, it's like, you know, you sprinkle in a bit of matcha and a bit of watch right. stuff and things like that to show that you're a human being and you've got other, <laughs> other interests. Right. But if you want to take that further, you have to just, yeah, start from fresh like Mike said. So yeah, it's a great idea, mate. Totally. I would start a new Instagram page and I would just, just geek out and make drum content that you would love to see, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a long haul. And, um, when I open matcha mics, I will shut down the drum stuff, you know, but, uh, uh, all right, everybody. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you got a, a chance to hear Eddie and I play the drums in a musical environment. You know, that's such a weird thing that the way that both Eddie and I have to play, even if it's with music, when we're doing it for video sake, we over drum, we overplay because it's not for the song. It's for our drum fans. So even if I'm playing a pop tune, I'm still going to drop a little bit of heat in there because it's for drum fans and the mix is drum centric. The drums are really loud. So I, I really thought it was important for you guys to hear how we played in bands when it was just for recording sake, for fans of music to listen to. Um, and I really enjoyed honestly getting to hear you play, man, because I, I always think it's weird. I'm not going to like do a deep dive on Carter's playing with, you know this person or that person because it's like it's just weird yeah. um so it was cool to get to hear you play man yeah mate i appreciate it likewise man and you should definitely do more of the uh the project you've got going on at the minute mate i want to see some videos i want to see some flipping yeah i love it mate you got That's it wicked, you man. got it buddy um all right everybody yeah. oh yeah go ahead no i was just gonna say is there any other way of throwing in the patreon thing we, we smashed it at the beginning didn't we we were like <laughs> flying with a salesman talk i just <laughs> i was just thinking what else can we do to keep this keep this on fire? But I don't think there is. I think one more thing might be taking the piss. So um, yeah, yeah. I just want to say thank you to the patrons currently, mate. It's amazing, and I can't wait for our Zoom call. Um, I can't wait to see all the familiar faces and to see the camera quality outshine me, which is a bit embarrassing. All these patrons, mate. I turn the, I turn I my laptop on. And I'm like, okay, you've got flipping black magic going on. You've got a shore yeah. going on, and I'm sat on my floor in my bedroom. Do you know what I mean with my Mac. <laughs> when one of the patrons switches to their second angle, I'm like, wait, you've got a video mixer? What are you doing over there? It's pretty awesome. Well, you guys are always welcome to be a part of it and just know, you know, when you're ready. It's there for you. Yeah. Exactly. Anyways, everyone, have an amazing day. Now, if you don't want to be a, pat a patron, we totally understand. Please just do us a favor and rate and review this podcast. That helps other drummers find this. And that means a lot to us because we know that this podcast, it'll never have the reach of a drum-centric podcast. But the people that this podcast is reaching, especially on a mental health level, on a especially in the time of COVID, on a brotherhood level, and just knowing like you're not alone, we've got your back. This is a, a 
a very family centric podcast and you guys are part of our family and we love all of you. Oh mate, I mean I I know we've been going for about an hour and 20 minutes now but um it, I I just flip in love when this happens talking about family and talking about how we're all mates and we're in this together. Like when the last podcast went out and I had that yeah. question about what's my favorite flavor of crisps. Yeah. I opened up my DM and all it said was <laughs> Cheese and onion? Are you joking? And it was the guy, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing." You know, there's there's not even like, "Hi, Eddie, I'm this," and blah blah blah. Yeah, it was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like we're already like best mates, and it was just wicked, yeah. mate. I love that. I love that. So it's thanks so much for being a patron, and thanks so much for sharing on your stories, and also just like DMing and just getting in touch and letting us know you're enjoying it and liking it. So it means a lot. When man. I see those pictures of people listening to this podcast, it just it makes it all worthwhile. So we appreciate you guys. That's enough babble. We'll get to being mean to you later, but. uh Dude, yeah. I guess we got to call this one a wrap. Yeah, it's in the it's in the flipping can, mate. <laughs> it's in the bin. <laughs> it's in the Will track. you say that for me? Will you say episode 29 is in the bin? Okay, so guys, it's been great. Episode 29, it's in the bin. Oh! There we go, mate. <laughs> Good stuff. Reverse those hurtos. Roulette, roulette, roulette. <laughs> <laughs>